baptize us in fire and baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us in fire and baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us in fire. Fresh fire burn and fresh fire burn and fresh fire burn and fresh fire burn. I want to say something in this place. I feel the Lord putting on my heart. You know, we sing that song and and I just feel God telling me, you could do nothing without my Holy Spirit. Sometimes we take things into our own hands. Sometimes we think we have the talent. Sometimes we think we have the experience to do things on our own. And we could do nothing without him. We could do nothing without him guiding us. We cannot do ministry. We cannot reach our friends, our family. We cannot do a thing without his spirit guiding us. So let us keep that in our hearts as we sing this again. Baptize us, God. Let the fresh fire burn today, God. Let us never walk away and think we could do it on our own, God. Let us submit to the Spirit always in Jesus' name. Oh, shut up, I see. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us in fire. And baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us in fire and baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us in fire and baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us in fire. Baptize us in fire. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us in fire. Baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Baptize us in fire. Would you have for us in this place? Keep on my soul. 
so close to you in your presence, Father. Jesus, we want you, God. We want you, Lord. We need you. Let that be our heart's cry in this place today, God, that we cry out for you, God, that we desire you above all things in this world, God. I ask that we would cry out with the desperation in our hearts for you, God, that we would cry out for you, Lord, that we wouldn't care what we sound like up here, God, but that we would seek your face with all of our hearts, God, that we would seek you in abandonment, God, that we wouldn't care, Father, about the things that hinder us, the things that distract us, God, the things that we're doing, God, that we would leave it behind, God. I pray that we would cry out, God. I pray for a desperateness in this place today, a desperateness for the Spirit of God to move in our lives, to move in our ministries, to move, to move, that we would see the hand of God over every person we minister to, that we would see the hand of God over every disciple, that we would see the hand of God move in our city, world God we want to see your hand God we want to see your hand God Holy Spirit we cry out for for a movement God for a movement today God that you would move God like never before God we talk about revivals we read about revivals we read about movement God but be the movement today God be the movement today in our hearts God will be filled what does your heart hunger for today what are you hungering for what are you thirsting after because you're gonna be filled with the exact same thing that you're thirsting and hungering after are you hungering and thirsting after after your your promotion after after you know lust and and the things of this world and destruction and things like that are you are you thirsting after that are you thirsting after the god of heaven because there is a promise 
that says those who hunger for righteousness, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. They will be filled. Jesus, would you search our hearts, God? Search our hearts in this place, God. We want to be ministers of your word, and I pray, God, that our hearts would be right. I pray that we would thirst and we would hunger after you, God. Spirit, now the heartbeat of heaven, let us
hearts today, God. Let that be the anthem of our hearts today. I feel such a strong anointing in this place. I feel the Spirit of God in this place. I feel the Spirit of God in this place. And those of you who want the Spirit of God in this place need to come to the altars right now. Need to come to the altars right now. Need to come to the altars right now. Let me testify to you today. Let me testify right now about my God. I could not sing. My throne was killing me. I went to the doctors not too long ago. And the doctor told me I have this horrible infection in my throat. That my tonsils are swollen, that they are deformed, and I need them removed. I felt so discouraged. And I come today to school, and it is a normal day. And then I am, th I am told I am going to lead worship. And in my heart, it did not settle. I cannot sing was the first thing I could think of. I cannot lead worship today was going to be my excuse. The devil is a liar. And I thank you, Jesus, for touching me, God. And I thank you for your anointing. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I thank you for the hand of God that I claim to touch me today. I thank you right now, Holy Spirit. And I ask that you would touch everyone in this room right now, God. Touch everyone in this room right now, God, with your hand, Father with your healing hand, with your anointed hand, Father. I pray right now against doubt in the name of Jesus. I pray against doubt right now in the name of Jesus. If you are dealing with doubt right now in this room, if you are dealing with doubt that you doubt that the hand of God can move even over your life, I want you to raise your hand. I feel it in my spirit. There is someone in here dealing with doubt. Raise your hand in this place. The Lord wants to give you something tremendous today. The Lord wants to give you something tremendous today. Just raise your hand. Somebody go and touch Chris. Somebody go and touch Chris. Somebody go lay hands on him. Jared, somebody lay hands on Jared. Jared, you see big things. Jared, you see big things. Jared, you see big things in your mind. Yeah, you doubt that the Spirit of God can do them. You doubt that you are capable. The devil is a liar. Holy Spirit, come forth and, and fall on him mightily, God. 
come forth and fall on him mightily. I rebuke doubt in Jesus' name. So be encouraged by the Spirit of God today. Be encouraged by the Spirit of God today. Be encouraged by the Spirit of God today. Oh God, we trust your call. God, we trust your call. Chris, Chris, if you're doubting the call of God on your life right now, trust in God. There is a strong call on your life, Chris. There is no need to doubt it, brother. There is no need to doubt it, brother. You don't need to, to munch off of everybody else's anointing. The Lord has anointing over you too, brother. Jesus. Josh, your faults don't hold you back, brother. Your faults don't hold you back. They, they don't disqualify you, my friend. They don't disqualify you, Josh. You aren't disqualified, Josh. You run the race with the Spirit of God. It isn't you alone, Josh. It's the Spirit of God that moves you. It's the Spirit of God that leads you. Keep in step with the Spirit, brother, and keep pushing forth. Keep pushing forth. You have not disqualified yourself. Josh, I feel God saying, I have equipped you. I have equipped you. I have equipped you to do mighty works. I have equipped you to be the man of God that you don't think that you can be. I have equipped you. Don't give up. Hold on to Jesus. You have been equipped to walk this life in holiness and in surrender before God. We thank you, Jesus, for being a living God. We thank you, Jesus, for your moving hand, God. We thank you that you are real, that you are not fake, God, that you move and you speak today, Father. We thank you, God, that you are real, God, that you are not fake, God, that you are not like a man, that you should fail us, God. Oh, God. Man, I just see <laughs> warriors in this room. We always look to someone else that comes as a guest speaker. We always go to a conference or a Mardi Gras to get words from other people. But you see, there are men and women of God in this very church, in this very room right now that can speak into each other's lives. The one on the left, the one on the right. Maybe they're not in leadership like you are. Maybe they are. But man, they are a mighty, mighty warrior in the kingdom of God. We have what it takes in this place. We can speak life into each other's lives. Let the warriors arise. Let the warriors arise. 
If there's anything we get from today, Father, if there's anything we get from today, God, it's that we want to come your way. Lord, we need you, God. We can't do anything on our own. We can't do anything on our own, God. We need your spirit, God, to move. We need your spirit to guide us, God. Just thank the Lord in your heart. Just seek the Lord with now with all of your heart. Thank him today for the word. Thank him today for the confirmation. Thank him today for the encouragement. Thank him today for his hand over your life. warriors in this place the Bible says we don't do warfare the same way the world does but I don't know about you I'm sick and tired of the devil parading around acting like he's got the victory and while the church should be the ones doing battle while the church has the victory come on 
Let's get some warriors in this place to start praying. Come on, let's start praying in this place. Let's start throwing down some strongholds in this place. Come on, let's throw them down. Let the warriors arise in this place. Oh, lift up your voice. Oh, we push out the darkness. Oh, we push out the strongholds. Oh, so can I not say over the ministry, oh God, over our lives, over our students, God. So Oh, let the warriors arise. Stand up, stand up. Let the warriors arise. Let the warriors arise. Let the warriors arise. Stand up, stand up. Let the warriors arise. Let the warriors arise. Let the warriors arise. Stand up, stand up, bro. Let the warriors arise. Let the warriors. Build up in this place, let it build up in this place. this mic open right now as the music keeps on playing. We have warriors in this place, amen. Just come up, just start making a line, just start coming up, get ready to do warfare on this mic. Just start praying what the Spirit puts on your heart. Come on, in this place, let's fill it up with the praise of the Lord. Come on. Hallelujah, Father God, I praise you in this place. I praise you, dear God, for the call that you've given us. I thank you, dear God, that you call us sons and daughters, dear God, that we are ambassadors for you in this world, dear God. I praise you that you've chosen us, that you put your spirit inside of us. You put your word inside of us to be preached, dear God, into a lost world and generation. I thank you for men and women of God who are called, who are faithful, who are loyal, dear God, who are fighters, who persevere. In the name of Jesus, I declare that over us today. In Jesus' name, I declare, dear God, men and women who will not fall, dear God, when temptation comes knocking at their door. I declare a generation in this place of leaders who lead with integrity, dear God, in holiness and the fear of you, oh God, who reverence your name, oh God. In Jesus' name, I pray for a strengthening in our spirit. I pray for a boldness. I pray for a fire to be inside of us today in Jesus' name. And a love and a 
compassion for you, dear God, in the name of Jesus. God, that we are your high priest, God. We are, Father God, your chosen generation, Father God, that will prepare your way, Jesus Christ. Father God, we declare, Father God, that we will live holy. We will live righteous, God. We declare, Father God, that we will be men and women that will preach your word, Father God, that will live a life of God, of faith, that will live a life, Father God, just with boldness, God, and just a, a selfless faith, Father God, just do the do the, the impossible, Father God, to allow you to move in our lives, Father God. Lord God, I just pray for every single every single heart in this room, God. You strengthen every single one of us, Lord God. Strengthen us, Lord God. I pray that we will obey your, your, your voice, God, in our heart, Father God. In the name of Jesus, Father God, I just pray, Lord God, that we will embrace the call that you've given us, Lord God. That we will focus, Father God, on the promises that you've given us, Lord God. And right now, as I pray, Father God, Father God, I just pray, Lord, just for your, your strength, God, your boldness, God, just for a fire, God, Lord, that we just feel you, God, that we just keep coming after you, Lord. Father God, that we need your presence, Lord. You've called us to move mountains, God. You've called us to, to speak in power, God. You've given us a spirit of conquerors, God. Father God, you've made us warriors, God. Father God, I rebuke the enemy's lies, God. And just the, just the enemy's lies on the church, God. Father God, I just pray for strength, God. For fire, God. Just to work in our hearts, God. That we not grow tired, God. That we not grow tired of doing your will, God. That we come after you, God. That we come after you with holiness and purity, God. Strengthen our hearts, God. You made us warriors, God. Not, not weaklings, God. Warriors. In Jesus' name. Guys, there's warfare jumping off in our city right now. There's warfare jumping off in our congregation right now. In these altars is where we are going to win the battles, guys. Get in these altars. In these altars where legions of demons are slain. Let's get on our knees. Together we cannot be conquered. We try to go off by ourselves and do it by ourselves. We are going to lose. Through Jesus, together in these altars, on our knees, we will proceed. We will prevail. Jesus said we are more than a conqueror, Lord God. Lord, just give us strength. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge, Lord God. Pour that into our spirits. Whatever attitudes and problems we have with each other, we put that behind us today. We stick together today, Lord God. We are a team serving one purpose, your kingdom. Today, Lord God, we rock the nation. Hallelujah. Jesus. 
Jesus, you have the victory, Lord. You are victorious, Jesus. You have the victory, Jesus. You have the victory over this college, God. You have the victory over this church, over this city, Jesus. You are worthy, God. We lay down our lives for you, God. The flesh is weak, God, but your spirit is mighty, God. We need more of you, more of your fire, God. Jesus, anoint every person in this place, God. It is obvious, Lord, people around us are quitting, God. People around us, God, are turning their back on you, Jesus. They have been deceived, God. Jesus, let us not get tired, God. Let us keep on fighting, God. Let us fight harder, God. Like Noah said, we will fight on our knees, God. Father, this battle is against the, the demonic principalities around us, dear God. Jesus, we have authority in you, Lord. Satan, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. We command every demon in this place to step behind us. We bind up fear and doubt in the name of Jesus. We bind up every lie in the name of Jesus Christ. We have the power and authority by the power, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, you are Savior. You are victorious, God. We thank you, Jesus. Come on. 
Just receive that right now. That power the Lord has in the Holy Spirit. Hold on, on my Savior. We receive it, Lord. We receive it today. We receive it, Lord. And there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And there is power in the name of Jesus. And there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on. So there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, let's sing that today. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain To break, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain Come on, there is power There is power in the name of Jesus there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. All sufficient sacrifice so freely given the heaven's Christ for all redemption in heaven's gates swing wide all sufficient all sufficient sacrifice so freely given heaven's price for all redemption heaven's gates swing power in the name of Jesus. 
and the drums. Come on. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Come on. Can we put our hands together? Come on. Let's give it like a chant. Break every chain. Break every chain. One more time. Break every chain. Break every chain. Amen. Give the Lord a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. You may make your way back to your seats as you're slapping high fives to each other. Welcome, welcome, welcome to your chapel. It's good to see everybody here. Ellie, would you hit on that bright light for us right here? Uh, No, the one down on the floor. Thank you. Guys, it's so awesome that uh, we had the chance here to have Urbana and, and some of their uh, students come with us here. It's beautiful to have them. We just welcome each one of them, guys. Thank you for coming. Uh, we're already running a little late, so I'm not going to tell you my life story with Pastor Adam, but let me just say he has changed my life, and I will never be the same again, and I believe he will do the same for you guys. So let's give it up as Pastor Adam comes from Urbana. No clock. Amen. It is exciting to be with you guys today. Uh, my very first class last fall was the evangelism class, and uh, Cynthia's face was the first face I saw on Mega Meeting. So um, good to be able to stand here with you guys today. I just want to share just some thoughts, some words with you guys today that hopefully uh, will speak to you, challenge you. Think back to that time in your childhood uh, when you thought like anything was possible. Maybe you thought you were Superman. Um, I remember taking my bike down these hills. That's where the this, this scar came from because I wiped out of my bike, dislocated my jaw and stuff because I thought like my bike could jump the biggest jumps and everything, you know. Think back to that time where you just thought you wanted to be like whatever. Like you wanted to be a policeman, a fireman, a cheerleader. That's my daughter's thing right now. She's six years old. She wants to be a cheerleader when she grows up. So all that kind of stuff. Think back to that thing that you wanted to be when you, when you wanted to, When I grow up, I want to be this. For me, 
I wanted to be an astronomer. And you guys are like, yeah, that's kind of lame. But um, I wanted to be an astronomer. I loved the stars. I used to climb up on the roof of our house and lay at night and just look up at the stars and just admire the stars. I even got, like, magazines and got this telescope and all that kind of I loved astronomy. And uh, uh, so I kind of just became this astronomy nerd. Again, I know that's not something amazing. You guys were wanting something else. But uh, uh, flash forward to today. You sit here today. Uh, most of us, those childhood dreams, um, most people don't think, I want to be a pastor when I grow up. Some people do. Uh, but most of you probably in here, that was probably not your dream. Anybody here, that was your dream to go into ministry when you were like seven, eight years old? Anybody? Jonathan, he's kind of, yeah the one kind of going against the flow, but that's all right. Um, life can be a lot like our childhood dreams. We have ide- ideas about how things will end up, but what do we do when our dreams are not realized? What do we do when the things that we've planned, that we've, uh, we've foreseen, and they don't come to fruition, what do we do when what we thought would be does not come and does not happen? What do we do when, when unfulfilled dreams are the result of mistakes that we make in our lives? I want to show you that despite what life brings us, what obstacles that may exist in your past and your present, that you can make it through anything. And it's funny that we just had this conversation uh, in, in the office, and I won't get into the details of that. H- had no idea that that was going to really coincide with what I'm speaking about here. So I guess that's just confirmation in that regard. Um, no matter what obstacle exists, that you can make it through anything. Despite our past, God is still willing, God still wants, and God is still able to use you. Open up your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 34. Going to rock it Old Testament today from the Pentateuch. Deuteronomy 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pishkah, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead to Dan, all the Nephtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the Negev and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palm, as far as Zor. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time that we have to come together to learn from your word, to be challenged. I pray that our hearts and our minds will be open and be receptive to what you have to say. Let it not be my words, God, but you speaking to us today. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. The title of my message today, if you want to title it, would be this, The Unfulfilled Promise. The Unfulfilled Promise. I want to look back at Scripture, um, at the life of Moses. Here's a man that when you look at his life is just surrounded by adverse conditions. He begins his life where his life is spared. You know, you, if you've studied the Pentateuch or you've read the Old Testament, his mom does what? Puts him in the basket, launches him down the river. His sister follows behind, and then what happens? 
Somebody finds him there. Who is it? Pharaoh's daughter finds him in the reeds. We know the story. She takes him out. And Moses is raised in just in wealth, prosperity. He's given every advantage in life, education, food, clothing. I mean, everything. The dude has it, man. And in the midst of that, God is doing something in his life. One day, walks out, experiences something. We'll get into that in a little bit. Is cast out from the kingdom. Goes, finds himself in front of a burning bush in the middle of the desert. This bush speaks to him. The bush instructs him to go back to the place that he left um, and to ask that God would release the Israelites that are in captivity. As you know the story, he goes to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's excited and says, go ahead, take the children of Israel. That does not happen that way. Pharaoh resists. God brings the plagues. Um, God does some, some amazing things. Finally, the children of Israel are released. Then immediately what happens? They turn around. The Egyptians are pursuing them. They come to the Red Sea, right? And they're like, dude, we just got delivered to be killed here. Then God does what? He does a miracle, parts the Red Sea. They cross away on the other side. As the Egyptians are following through, God causes the water to come over, consumes them, kills them. And so for 40 years, God begins to lead Moses in the wilderness and performs a variety of miracles all throughout that story. And you can read about that here in the Old Testament. I think about Moses' life and everything that he's went through. And again, it would take us hours to really recant everything that's happened in his life. The miracles that he's performed or the miracles that God has performed in his life. I think about the time that he spent with God. You know, I think about when he walked up onto the mountain and he spent time in the presence of God. That The Bible records that when he came down, that his face shined. He'd wear like basically a bag over his head because the dude's face just glowed, spending time in the presence of God. The Bible even records, it says that Moses would speak face-to-face with God as a man talks to his friend. Can you, like, imagine? I mean, that, would just, that just blows me away. Despite everything that Moses has been through, this one act, one act of disobedience, Moses comes to God, the children of Israel are needing water. God tells him to go and speak to a rock. And that water would come from it. What does Moses do? He goes. What does he do? He relies on what happened before when he struck the rock. He goes. He streaks, strikes the rock. Water comes forward. But because of this one act of disobedience, it cost him the promised land. Think about all that Moses has been through. You've read the story. If you've taken Pentateuch or Old Testament, you've studied Moses. You've read about him. You've seen everything that he goes through. Can you imagine what he felt as he stood on top of this mountain, on top of Mount Nebo, and I should have brought the picture to show you the view of the promised land that's in the distance. As he stands there, God's showing him everything that I've brought you through, everything I've done in your life to bring you to this point, but you can't enter into that. There was a young man, for the, for the sake of this story today, we'll call him Christopher at the age of 14. Christopher, while at church camp, uh, feels the call of God speaking to him that he is to pursue a life of ministry, and for many of you, you probably can relate with that excitement. I relate with that excitement when God first spoke to you, feeling you being called to ministry, and uh, Christopher loved God with all of his heart, like I'm sure many of you do. He was faithful to God. He began to lead a Bible study at his high school, God, and God continued to speak to him and calling him to ministry um, for a whole year. As God spoke to him, he, he prays and asks, 
God, confirm to me this calling. You've called me, please confirm to me. So for a year, Christopher commits to praying to God and seeking, seeking God's will for his life. So the very next summer at the age of 15, while he was uh, part of a choir tour singing, uh, God speaks to Christopher and confirms to him that he is supposed to pursue this calling that God has placed upon his life. Christopher then works hard through the remainder of high school, graduates high school, prepares uh, to leave for Bible school. Uh, the summer before leaving for Bible college, he goes on a, a missions trip to the inner city of Detroit. During this trip, God totally grips his heart, begins to pull him towards the city of Detroit. But to go to Detroit, Christopher had some needs that he brings to God. Uh, one of the needs was that uh, for him to go, he needed transportation. Within a week, he gets a call that somebody just out of the blue, I feel like God's telling me I need to give you a vehicle. God provides a vehicle. The other need was finances. Within another week after that, someone promises to pay his living expenses while he's there. So need after need is beginning to be met. As Christopher lays out kind of the, the fleece to God, kind of excuses of not to pursue God's calling, God begins to meet those needs. So by September, Christopher had packed up all of his belongings and headed for the big city of Detroit. Once there, his one-year internship uh, turned into uh, three years. During this time in Detroit, Christopher, uh, like many young men, meets a young lady. And uh, a friendship is started, and over the course of another year, they begin dating. A few months into the relationship, Christopher doesn't feel quite right about the relationship and actually breaks up with this young lady. And, and this young lady was absolutely devastated. Over the course of the next week, she just persistently pursues him, uh, calling. Maybe some of you have been through this. You've broken up with someone, and they call you. Nowadays, text and all that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, eventually, he gives in. He gives in. They go back together. And not a month goes by, and they enter into sin together. Finally, the, the couple decides that to get married. They get engaged. Uh, the springtime rolls around. They begin their premarital counseling with the senior pastor of the church. The first session goes great until the end. The pastor looks at Christopher and his fiancée and asks, almost in jest, have you kept your relationship morally pure? Christopher pauses, glances over at his fiancée, who glances back at him with just this look of terror in her eyes. He looks back at the pastor, hangs his head, and responds with a simple no. It was at this point that Christopher's world began to unravel. He's asked to step down from ministry. Two months later, the young lady informs him that she never loved him, doesn't want to get married. Then another month after that, he receives one of the worst phone calls he's ever received. The youth pastor of the church calls him and asks Christopher to go with him and with a mother to the morgue to help identify the body of a young man. The body was a 15-year-old boy who for the past three years Christopher had literally invested his life into this family, into this young man. The single mom, she was one, one of these families with a single mom that had five kids from a different father. And as they walk into this morgue, as they walk into this room, the mother breaks down crying at the sight of her son laying there on the table. And as Christopher and the youth pastor begin to try to calm her down, she tells that just a week before that she kicked him out of the house her last words to him were, I never want to see your face ever again. And they found this young boy in an abandoned hotel and somebody had shot him 
in the back of the head and literally blew his face off. And so she kept saying, I told him I never wanted to see his face ever again. This absolutely devastated Christopher's life. Christopher lost his ministry, lost his fiance, now lost a young man that he'd poured his life into. It was the first time in Christopher's life that he ever contemplated suicide. You look back at the life of Moses, here's God's servant leading God's people, God's chosen people, doing what God has called him to do. And I see a lot of similarities between Christopher's life and Moses' life, doing what God has called them to do. Moses stands on top of the mountain, viewing the promised land, but he cannot enter it. Christopher, on the fast track towards ministry, stands on top of the mountain, viewing what potentially could be there, the promised land of ministry. Maybe you've been at that point in your life. Maybe you've stood there and viewed the promised land that lays before you. Maybe you've stood there and you've thought, I'm never going to enter the promised land. On the day of the funeral of the young man that was shot, Christopher made the decision that all of this was God's fault. If God was going to allow all this to happen, then he wasn't going to serve him. You see, Christopher allowed bitterness to creep into his heart, and the bitterness began to destroy him from the inside out. Christopher began to frequent bars and clubs, and as, a, and as passionate as he was for God, he was now as, as that much passionate for sin. One night after coming home from a night on the town, Christopher sits in his living room and begins to yell at God. You see, during this whole time that Christopher was going to the bars and to the club, God was still speaking to him and drawing him. He'd be in a bar and a club, and he, he describes feeling the Holy Spirit speaking to him as he sits in the middle of that environment. And this night, Christopher sits on his couch, frustrated, full of anger and bitterness. God begins to speak and yells at God, I never want you to speak to me ever again. And Christopher describes it as, as for me, I remember growing up, we used to have this old black and white TV. And when you turned it off, it was one of those ones that it slowly like went down to like a little point and that slowly disappeared. Maybe you guys are too, too young for that. Um, but he describes it like that, like somebody turned off the TV and it was like, all of a sudden, this thing of nothingness, just dead quiet. And so Christopher describes, well, God, if that's the way you're going to be, this is the way I'm going to be. And Christopher began to pursue a life of sin with more passion and more reckless abandon. For three years, Christopher did everything possible to get as far from God as he possibly could. We look at the lives of these two people, Moses and Christopher, and I want to throw one more life, one more story into this mix there was a man who was born into poverty. His birth was surrounded by a possible scandal. He grew up in a simple lifestyle. People always knew that there was something different about him, but no one would, could quite put their finger on what was different about him. At the age of 30, he kind of breaks onto the scene. He begins to make some outlandish claims about who he is. On top of that, he has these 12 young men that are following him around. For three years, he goes, he performs miracles. He speaks to people in a way that they'd never been spoken to. His fame spreads all throughout the land. Then for some reason, everything changes. The people that loved him now want to kill him. Eventually, one of the young disciples that was close to him betrayed him, and this man was captured and sentenced to death. They then proceed to beat him and then hang him on a cross. This man hung on a cross 
on top of a mountain, staring out at the promised land. Staring out at the people that lived in this promised land. This man hangs on the cross, and for a moment, feels like the world has dropped out around him, and he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because of Moses' decision to strike this, the rock with his rod, Instead of speaking to it, this simple act of disobedience cost him the promised land. He stands on the mountaintop viewing the promise that he can only see with his eyes, but he can never touch. Because of Christopher's sin and choosing to walk away from God, it pushed him farther away from the promised land. He once stood on the mountain and viewed the promised land, and now he was walking away from it. And here, because this man claimed to be someone that the religious leaders did not believe him to be. This man hangs on a cross, crying out to God, on the mountaintop, viewing the promised land and wondering why God has forsaken him. Maybe you can relate with these feelings. Maybe you're there right now in your life. You're standing viewing something and wondering, am I ever going to get there? Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've just walked out of that scenario in your life. If you've not been in either, though, there's a good chance at some point in the future you'll find yourself standing there. And I know you're sitting here thinking, man, this is just the most encouraging word I've ever heard in my whole life. You know, you're excited. I can hear it in your voices as you just stare at me. Uh, All three of these stories, though, are not finished. I want to end it with a good story here. The mountain that Moses stood on, Mount Nebo, is only mentioned twice in the Bible. It was mentioned when he stood on and viewed the promised land. It was also mentioned again because this is a place where God buried Moses. The Bible says that God married, buried Moses on top of Mount Nebo. If you go there today, there's actually a church that is erected there to commemorate the life of Mo, or his burial. Uh, but Moses' story does not end there. It's a story that almost seems kind of depressing that he came so close and he never enters the promised land. But you see, Moses appears again in the Bible. If you flash forward to the New Testament, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses appears with Jesus, standing in the promised land. The man that hung on the cross was Jesus. Jesus died on that cross, but three days later, come on, he rose from the grave, ascended to heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross. All of us, all of us have forgiveness of sin, and the gap that was created between man and God because of sin, that gap is now bridged by Jesus Christ, giving all of us a second chance. And then finally, we have the story of Christopher. For three years, Christopher ran from God until one day, God again spoke to him. July 31st, 1999, Christopher was a truck driver, happened to be making a delivery at a Baptist Bible college in Crown Point, Indiana. Give it up for Indiana, Pastor Joe. As he climbed back into his truck after making his delivery, the moment he shut the door, God spoke. After not speaking for almost three years, God says this, What are you doing? What are you doing? Don't you know that my calling is irrevocable? Christopher describes that he begins to weep. For the next hour, he sits in his truck trying to drive, crying like a baby. You see, no matter what we do, no matter what is in our past, no matter what mistakes we have made, because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, it gives us a second chance. If you've been in my classes, you've heard me say this. We're all going to make mistakes, but your biggest mistake is what? 
not learning from your mistakes. That's your biggest mistake you could ever make is not learning from your mistakes. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Christopher, in the fall of 99, quits his job, sells his house, leaves for Bible college. He finishes Bible college in three years. He gets married, enters into ministry. He's been in ministry now, thank God, for almost nine years. You see, Christopher now today stands before you. He is a pastor, the head of a Bible college cohort. You see, Christopher is my middle name. The story, it's my story. I am an example that no matter what is in your past, no matter what you walk through in life, God can still use you. God still has a plan for your life. We can not only see the promised land, but we can enter into it. I stand as a testimony to you today. Some of you are about to give up on what God has called you to do. Some of you are about to throw aside everything. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what you've done or what someone else has done. All that matters is you make yourself available to God. Deanna, as she sits back there, girl, I, uh, God's honest truth. I, I had no clue. Just, just so you know, the, Pastor Joe's testimony had, had no clue. For anybody else, I know that God's, there's some stuff happening. People are leaving and stuff. This, I had no clue. God put, Pastor Joe just last night was like, dude, you're preaching tomorrow in, in, in chapel. So I sat in, sat in my bed last night, went over this. This morning was sitting at Starbucks going over this. No clue what God's doing. And uh, this word of testimony to you guys, no matter what you go through, no matter what's taking place in your life, God, I'm a testimony. God does not give up on you. God does not give up on you. And when you're in a place of leadership and ministry, there's going to be those people that come that feel like they have disqualified themselves. God does not give up on you. I want to just uh, maybe close. Let's have some time at the altar here. I think this is one of those messages that kind of speaks for itself for all of us. Whether you fall into the category uh, of being one of those people in that story like myself, um, or if you're associated with one of the people that maybe is going through that right now, because I know you know who I'm speaking about, they're going through some things right now in their life. And we, as the church, as the body of Christ, need to intercede for them. And if this is you, now is the time you need to come to God. You need to come to God and allow God to begin to do something in your life. There are brothers and sisters here that love you. Don't try to fight this battle on your own. Don't try to do this on your own. That's a deception of the enemy that he would try to isolate you and pick you off one at a time. But come to God and let God do something amazing in your life. God, as we take these next few moments, Lord, I pray. God, I pray for every individual here that's within the sound of my voice. God, we've had those desires, those times where we've wanted to give up, Lord, where we felt like we were useless or we've done things that we've just messed it up. But God, I thank you that you can take a screw-up like myself. You can take a screw-up like myself and you can still use me. And God, if you can use me, you can use anyone. Lord, I pray today, God, that we would just lay whatever it is, whatever it is, we would just lay it at the altar, at the foot of your feet. We would give it to you, God.
whatever that thing is that we feel like that is hanging over our head, we would not allow the, the, the enemy to have that victory over us anymore, but we would surrender that thing that's holding us back and we would give it to you today. Just lay it at his feet today. Lay it at his feet today, church. Every chain, break every chain, break every chain, yeah. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Is there is power in the name of Jesus? Is there is power in the name of Jesus? Is there is power? Jesus, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, yeah, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, all sufficient. And all sufficient sacrifice so freely given in heaven's price for all redemption in heaven's gates swing wide. There's an army. Rising up, it says an army rising up. It says an army rising up. It says an army rising up. 
rising army, rising now. Oh, there's an army rising now. Yeah. So break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. So break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Yeah. So break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, yeah. So break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. So break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. When we confess that today, there is power in the name of Come on, to break every, to break every. Oh, to break every. We break it off to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Lord, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, yeah. To break every chain, break every chain. Lord, sing it out. To break every chain, break every. Oh, break it off of this storm. Break it off of every shooting God. Break it off of the sheep of God. Break it off of your people. Oh, we break it off today. Tell me you have no control. Oh, break every chain. 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 Break every Come on, stand up in this place. Lord, break every chain. Come on, let's keep singing it. Break every chain. Break it off. So break every chain. Come on, sing. There is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, there is power. There is power. Won't you believe it today? This there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. One more time, every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Amen. Can we just bless the Lord for his word today that brought life? Amen. Slap your neighbor high five and say every chain is broken. Amen. I'm going to ask that the Chicago cohort.